in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Top 10 Show. I am John Roca. Uh, I am Matt Nost. We are coming to you uh, from sunny Southern California, where it's a and not too bad a day outside it's hot but it's not it blisteringly hot. hot so uh, i'm thankful for that That's how are you sure. uh i'm good i'm good just uh you know kind of navigating the day doing okay uh yeah um looking forward to having a conversation tonight uh, today rather about christopher nolan and getting into his movies and tenet has come out uh for yes. those uh non-covid ravage infested theaters and locations and people have uh, gone to go see it. Um, RB3 from the Schmoes crowd rolled up to Vegas and went and saw it in Vegas uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yesterday. Uh, I'm considering going on a road trip on Sunday and just driving on up there, seeing the movie, and then driving on back. We'll see if I actually do that. But it's an idea Shoot. I've got in my head just to see uh, Tenet. Oh, no, I sorry. No, I guess New Mutants are out this weekend, but Tenet will be out next. Well, as we talk mm-hmm. about when this episode drops, Tenet's coming out that weekend. So okay. I'll, I'm thinking about going next Sunday. Yeah, yeah. I know a friend uh, in England reached out and said that oh. he saw it. Oh, wow. What do you say? Because it's open over there. Um, Mini review. You know, it, uh, it appears to be a classic Nolan. Okay. And Complex time jumps. Yeah. Like all the stuff that you know Nolan for, kind of. Yeah. Uh, it's that. Uh, okay. I don't want to say anymore. I want people to experience it, but I mean, it's a, it's, it's Nolan doing what Nolan does best. Right. Uh, and then I, what is it? It's in the eighties or something on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Yeah. Which is not bad. No. But a, a lot of critics haven't seen it. A lot of critics uh, won't go see it. Apparently like all these websites are coming out. Going, we will not review movies until they clean the theaters, uh, which is of course, <clears throat> I respect the stance they're taking, Matt, taking Matt but mm-hmm. I also think on the other side of things, they're not going to, send a critic to Vegas to go watch this film and pay for them to go and pay for them to stay the night and pay for them to yeah. come back. So I think that's part of it as well here in California. Yeah. Depending on whatever type of contract you may have to fly them, which is right and on top of that. So they're flying and yeah. then getting a hotel and then yeah. going to a movie theater. Uh, it's a, a lot of expense and it's also a lot of chances for them just to get COVID and then bring it back. Yeah. 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 So. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, um, I can't wait for the day that when we actually I I feel comfortable enough to go to a theater here in Los mm-hmm. Angeles. I don't have the slightest clue when that'll be, but it's no time soon. Apparently, they're showing New Mutants at the Rose Bowl Drive-In this weekend, so okay. that could be a fun thing. But it's thirty-five dollars per car, which I'm confused by because it's like, well, how are you listening to? Is it is it Bluetooth or what is it? Is it yeah, I'm uh, sure it's something like that? Or uh, right, you're, it's connecting to your. In dash. Somehow. Oh, I see the speaker in your in dash. Okay. Yeah, you're yeah. So it'll be in your car the window of your car, right? No, I think you that's know. you. Have, it used to be you could turn tune into a uh, AM or an FM station type of thing, oh, okay. and it was for them only. I've never been to a drive-in. I just know yeah, that after the little talk box, like eventually graduate to that, and I think now, yeah, they can tap into your Bluetooth. You just have to 
accept or something along those lines. Interesting. Because it just doesn't make sense to have those anymore. Just pull up. Here's the fucking code to get in. Yeah. There's your, you know, there's your audio. And uh, yeah, maybe I'll go to, I would do a drive-in for 35. Yes, because A, I need something to do. (laughs) So that's fine. Yeah. B, if if we didn't have the stubs pass, that's what two movie tickets would cost. Yeah, true. That's a very good point. For, at so, least here in L.A. Yeah, 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 here in L.A. It's like that. I'd be paying roughly that, if not more, anyway. To, and if it's a Friday or Saturday night, I'm definitely paying that much or more. Right. Right. I mean, if you're uh, getting drinks or you're getting a, a popcorn or candy or whatever, yeah, you have to factor yeah. all that in there, too. But you know? two tickets are probably going to be 16 to 18 bucks anyway if I want to go to Arclight. Right, right. Uh I think it's their way of encouraging you to bring a second person because the oh, second yeah. person means you're going to buy more refreshments. So they're going to make more money off you. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't sense. know how they do the refreshments with everybody. Just put your order in and they just bring it to you. I guess. I don't know. I guess. It seems a little dangerous. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, then again, I just went and had Taco Bell last night, so I'm taking my life in my own hands anyway. What, do they got a new taco or something? You're like, I got to check I gotta check that shit out. It's the box of nachos. I had to have the box of nachos. I was in the mood for nachos. I'm like, I'll try the box of nachos with chicken. No sour cream. I got it. Couldn't have enjoyed that even more than I did. Couldn't have enjoyed it more than I did last night. I was in the mood for it. Hit the spot. It hit the spot. Never had their nachos. <laughs> I've had their nacho taco, and that's it. The top shelf taco? The, the soft shell. Oh, the soft shell. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. I used to get those all the time. I fucking love those. Yeah. But I never, I had friends that would go there nonstop because they also had Mountain Dew on the tap. Oh, my God. No so, <laughs> oh, I love Mountain Dew on the tap is far. suckling at the teat of God, my friend. When you're <laughs> 16, 17, 18, I used to buy those big gulp, the, the little wide mouth, the 20 ounce wide mouth. Oh, things of, my God. Uh, Used to power down one of those a day. I loved Mountain Dew. Wow, uh, I can't do any of that shit. Any extra, anything with too much sugar has me bouncing off the walls and flipping the fuck out. So I can't do it. Like I tried to power. I tell you, I think I tried one of those power drinks, those Monster Energy drinks. Mm-hmm. Sweet Mary, Mother of God, never again, man. I was a, a, a jittering mess the whole oh. time while I was going through my body for like two or three hours. Yeah, I used to. I had like a short phase of those. Oh yeah, doing those, and then it lasted a couple of months, and I was like, I can't do this. It's just too much sugar. And then I switched to the sugar-free versions of uh, Red Bull and Monster. Oh, and okay. I was like, how is adding aspartame or whatever sweetener yeah. to this already most chemical drink I could possibly buy helping my situation? So I switched to coffee. Oh, been, okay. Yeah, I drink coffee ever. So I just have. I like the caffeine. Who doesn't? You know what I mean? Fair enough. That's what I get my tea drug. for. Yeah, exactly. But ours is in the dosage that nature or God, depending on what you believe, mm-hmm. you know, intended. Right. As opposed to, we got gorine, we got taurine, we got the fucking <laughs> ginkgo biloba. <laughs> we melted fire and put it inside exactly. this bottle. As uh, legally close to cocaine as we could possibly <laughs> get. <laughs> Methane got shit on this. Like uh they'll they'll yeah. get as close as they can to that line. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I'm ne- I just, never again, man. I used to love um Red Bull vodkas. Oh yeah. Oh god. Oh, loved oh. those. Fucking worst it's next day. Uh, the worst next day. 
The, well, it's because you're taking a depressant and the alcohol, and then you're taking the other thing that is squeezing the adrenal glands, and you're making your brain. It's great the night of, but the next day your body is torn up every which way. Uh, it really is, man. But the taste and like it was such a fun drunk. Like you're animated, you're having a right. good time. It's a, of course you're just drinking boatloads of caffeine with that alcohol. The taste is good that night. But the taste in your mouth the next day, even if you shower, brush your teeth a thousand times, you're still going to have that hint of that taste in there. And it takes, ugh, it takes that whole extra day to, to get it out of your mouth. It's the worst. Oh, the worst. I think the worst I ever had, I can't drink anything with a sweet and sour mix anymore. Although I don't drink in general, but right. one year for spring break, we went down to Florida and they had one of those two dollar margaritas and they have this ridiculously large you only see this in college spring break type of things but yeah. they have this massive blender type of and they were two dollars because they're making it up with the cheapest ingredients they possibly can and at two dollars yeah. they're probably clearing a dollar fifty per glass type of thing but it's got a lot of booze just yeah. it's vodka the cheapest vodka you can find but i had just my entire esophagus was burned the next day <laughs> It felt like I had thrown up all night and I didn't. And I was like, I can never, I can't even get close to that. I bartended and I was like, every drink with sweet sour is like, oh, that's the worst. Like Long <laughs> oh. Islands or just like, oh, I can't. I just fucking can't. Oh, man. I used to be a massive Long Island guy. Oh, yeah. I loved Long Island iced tea. I used to drink it by the fucking boatloads. Yeah. Because you don't um, taste the six shots that are in it. It's nope. beautifully masked. Nope. I used to take so much shit. My first trip through college was in that, that shitty ass fraternity. When we get on those spring breaks, a couple times I went with them. Like I would get so much shit for the Long Island iced tea, and I would always be like, "There's way more liquor content in this fucking drink than that one beer yeah. you're drinking." Uh, you know, they, I'm drinking to get drunk. You're drinking to look cool and drink your beer. Fuck off! I'm drinking to get drunk, uh, and so I would I would order a pitcher of Long Island iced tea and just put, fucking put it away in my yeah. 20s in the summer of that year. Man, it was a fucking blast. Um, you know, but then eventually hit that wall and you're like, yeah, I can't do this anymore. I Man, I can't drink this shit anymore. <laughs> I'll still well, occasionally I'm, order the pina colada, but my, my drink uh, is bourbon now. I've only had like, <laughs> one pina colada ever. Get a headache like um, a motherfucker, man. I'm sure all that sugar on top oh. of the sugar, it's yeah. it, it's not good for, hey, it's not good for you in general, but yeah, true. yeah, I mean, you're already getting a form of sugar in the alcohol and then to spike even more sugar into your system is just, it's even worse. It's just compounding the problem. Yeah. You're speeding up your early onset type two diabetes at that point. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I think I've only had that once. I had a gin and tonic phase for almost a calendar year. And then one oh, day wow. I just couldn't drink them anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then I eventually just turned to whiskey and scotch. And I, I could still drink those now, but I, you know, I don't. But yeah. Uh, I've never understood the people that can drink straight, sh- straight liquor. I can't drink straight liquor. I I can't sit there with a, uh, a you know one of those like uh, twirly mustache ice cubes, uh, and put you know uh, what is a twirly mustache ice cube? I was you following know, you like twirly mustache. It's like some villainous ice cube. Situation. Well, you know those, okay. those what do they call those guys who can make drinks? They're like connoisseurs of making a drinks. Mixologist, yeah, a mixologist, yeah, some stu- something stupid like that. He's always got that weird kind of Raleigh fingers mustache. And uh, and then he, he's the one that puts like the big massive cube in there uh, mm-hmm. that they've been dry icing in the fucking back. And they put yeah. the things for it, puts a little hint of orange peel or whatever. And then I would sit I will nur- I will nurse a shot of bourbon for like an hour because I can't drink it straight. It's just oh, too much. So I have to water it down with uh, fucking Diet Coke or some shit to kind of make it 
and then I'll put to pull away like four or five of those. But before, but one straight up, I can barely finish it. Barely finish it. You know, so uh, scotch, just scotch and ice. Just a couple yeah, really? of ice. Because as it melts, the water helps. Uh, oh, dilute it a little bit. Oh, yeah. Ever so slightly. So basically, it allows your, at least it does for me, allows my, allowed rather in the past tense, my tongue to kind of be able to taste the complexity of it a little bit better. Right. Because uh, otherwise, it's just a straight punch to your, your tongue. Right. Yeah, that, but it was whiskey and water, like a dasho, a water to, you know, smooth it over. But uh, scotch wouldn't, at the end, I could afford it more and more. But, yeah. uh, you know, it was a long time ago, but those are the only ones that I could do that with. I can't drink vodka. Like, I don't understand why anybody oh, yeah. likes vodka. It's the worst. People drink from the bottle. Oh. Um, I only liked one tequila. Tequila is another one I can't do, man. I can't do it. It's too much, man. I drink one shot and I'm like, fuck you. I can't. What do all it. of you? I had never heard of Anejo, but they yeah. age it in, in scotch barrels. Yeah. So that tastes amazing to me. And I always enjoyed a shot of that. Interesting. Okay. But every other variation, I was like, nah, it's just, I don't like yeah. this. I tried that 1800 stuff, too uh-huh. sharp. Sure. I tried, uh, I even tried, what was it, Clooney's, Clooney's tequila? I tried oh, that. did you? Scene, and I was like, eh. Um, they're all like that. Patron, I always found. Yeah. There's, no, there's nothing special I, about it. I think you have to be a tequila connoisseur to really, yes. you know, taste the agave, the blue agave that they put in some of this stuff. So yeah. Like, eh. I mean. I'm not denigrating it as a whole, just the, the, no, no. the flavor profile. Because there's good ones, and you can tell, like, oh, wow, sure. they put a lot of time and effort. And there's uh, billboards around here for organic, like, small batch right. ones. Right, right, right. Uh, which sounds so snooty bullshit. But at the same time, it's like, oh, actually, that sounds really in- intriguing. Because then it's kind of whatever that crop tastes like that year, as opposed to trying to get one mass-produced favor profile that everybody associates with yours. It's like, yeah. this is what it tasted yeah. like this year. Like, like a vineyard type of thing. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, uh, but after like rum, I liked rum. Yeah, I like rum. I like rum. I, I could do rum. Um, uh, but what else is straight there? up? Not straight up, man. I can't do anything straight up. I'm, I'm a, maybe I'm a wuss that way. I guess. I mean, yeah, I love like your drinks, sir. Right? Just don't want to taste the alcohol. What was that? <laughs> I looked away for two seconds. I looked back. There's just some still picture for it's like Fight Club. And you just I get I get knocked out. Hello, right? I know, I know what you're saying. I absolutely know what you're saying. I don't even know what that is. It looked like Cam <laughs> Newton with one it of his ridiculous Cam. hats on. It is Cam. <laughs> Jay and Winston said it to me, and so it's funny. so apparently you can play clips on a, in a video that are less than six, like playing around. So I just I have it for the sports show. I thought I'd throw See, it in some morning drops. Yeah, some morning drops, exactly. Uh, I love the headline coming out of, you know, Patriots camp. of like, Cam seems to be running away with this starting job. No! <laughs> Is he? The, the former MVP? What are you talking about? Who saw that Versus coming? Two guys I've never heard of? <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, oh man. Anybody that buys into that is a legit story. I got some fucking magic beans for you. (laughs) I got some swampland in Florida. You got to get a hold of. (laughs) So of course he did it. Was there any doubt? Um, (laughs) That's ridiculous, man. Yeah. Do you think he's going to have like, instead of his ridiculous, you know, big 20 gallon hat things that he wears. Yeah. uh, He'll have like the, the Russian one. 
You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, maybe. The babushka? It's not a babushka. What is that thing called? I don't know. But he's got like some huge. Like the Rasputin like a, one? Or a full grizzly bear head. And it just styles. <laughs> and he's up in the cold. Like, all right, Cam. Looks like you had a good game today. That hat is very confident. <laughs> Calm it down, Cam. Calm it down. Calm it down. Style this back a little bit. Oh, man, that's funny. <laughs> uh, all right. Anyway, now that we put away our, our opening banter, let's uh, jump into our show, man. Uh, today we're counting down the top 10 Christopher Nolan films. Um, we ba- He barely has 10. Uh, and with 10 coming out, that'll probably be – that is 11 rather, not probably, but it will be 11. So uh, Matt and I – I think Matt and I took some time to go watch Follow yeah. separately. So I watch had never follow. seen that, so it was a good excuse to watch it for this uh, show. And uh, so we're going to count down the top 10 of them uh, and then put it together at the end. What do we got, Matt? What, what do you uh, – how, how does the show work for people? Uh, once we set a topic, we go our individual ways, create personal top 10. Let's show back up here. I do my bottom three. He does his bottom three. I do my next two. He does his next two. Then we trade one piece. Once we have revealed our personal top 10, let's create the shows between the two of us. Bing, bang, boom. 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 All right. Uh, all right. So it, what do you got? At 10, I've got following. Yes. 10 here is following as well. It's 66 minutes with four minutes of credits. Yes. <laughs> rounding yeah, right. out to 70 minutes. So it's like, yeah. Yes, it's a movie. Yeah. I, even if it is maybe a tighter production or something, uh, and it's better than something else on this list, which I don't, I don't genuinely believe it is. It's still yeah. only 65, 70 minutes. Right. Uh, so these others had to basically land successfully after even one more time. Um, you know, I liked it until the end, and I like it even more because of the end. Oh, wow. Okay. But, I mean, I liked it. It was fine. Okay. It kept my attention. Um, I wasn't entirely spellbound right right um, well because I, you can tell it's a dated film you can tell yeah. it's a glorified student film but you can also tell that what we're going to see from him next uh and throughout his career uh you can see the seeds being planted of his style mm-hmm. and his approach to things and his obsession with time you know that's yeah. a, which is everyone almost every one of his movies this idea of time um so oh, and uh you know like uh nothing is what it appears to be or betrayals or what have you you know and so you're going to see all of that throughout his uh filmography but you see him working it all out and following and it's not it's certainly yeah. not an unwatchable movie no uh it's kind of interesting but you can tell it's lower quality in terms of the approach uh to it the black and white i think doesn't help the movie i think the black and white kind of hurts the movie yeah, I, makes it, I, I get what he was trying to do artistically like as yeah. a dude filming but i felt like that i think color would have helped that movie better yeah student film you know yeah. neo-noir right. to set up and be like all right of course it's in black and white what's crazy is the dude that plays um the burglar yeah the, the original burglar yeah uh he never acted another thing and that dude has all the charm and charisma he does he right. easily could have been a movie star yeah. easily. He's an architect now. I looked it up. It's like, what happened to that guy? Wow. Well, maybe he saw more money in the architect thing than he did or in just, the acting thing. He was a student as well, and it sounded like fun, and he won the part. And good point. Yeah. And yeah. never got into acting again. It's like, man, you, you, you could have had this side hustle that have been pretty successful at it. Oh, I, thing. I think he's the standout of the movie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Easily. The the uh, the blonde the girlfriend she she works she's still working consistently you see her pop up in British stuff all the time uh, but the other guy the main guy he rarely pops up in anything I think he's been in a couple of small parts in Nolan movies but nothing big yeah. kind of like what's his face from El Mariachi the lead of El Mariachi 
he plays the silent friend to Antonio Banderas in Desperado, but mm-hmm. he was the lead in El Mariachi. And then since then, you've rarely seen him in anything. He'll do small parts in Robert Rodriguez movies and maybe a couple other things. So, yeah. So as I'll tell you, man, if you're, if you're starting out with a filmmaker, make sure that filmmaker is like tied to you. Make sure you have a shot at success, for God's sakes. Um, yeah, but overall, not a bad film. And I, and you can tell, and even the sequences with the score, Matt, like he's playing these bigger score cues mm-hmm. that lets you know hit that's his inclination. And so that's going to come up in movies as well as we go forward. Uh, but it's, as you said, it's, it's worth a watch. If you, I mean, yeah. more than likely, if you're listening to this, you've seen almost all of Nolan's movies already anyway. Yeah, and this yeah, one has yeah. been so long, so you can easily complete it and move forward type of thing. Um, all right, so both of our number 10, not bad. Yeah, excuse me. Sorry about that. Okay. What was that, a Tex Avery sneeze? <laughs> this is my sneeze now. I've, I've, I've adapted my father's sneeze, which is out of nowhere and loud as shit. You know who's got the worst sneeze is uh, fucking Harloff. Holy shit, man. His sneeze is like someone shot a... a um... <laughs> I don't know. So, uh, the loudest animal you could think of. Because it comes out of nowhere and it just consumes the. When we were working at the at Collider, like you know, the big cavernous place, yeah. he would sneeze and it would scare the shit out of you if you were like fifty feet away working at your desk. It's so loud. So yeah, mind them. Uh, yeah, I've <laughs> only worked with one person that was like that. Yeah, and I, I've heard Harloffs. Yeah, I've heard. I've, I've only heard it a few times, but I have heard it. The other dude that I worked with was actually louder. Wow, really? In a smaller space, <sighs> so you felt it. We had to, he had to go outside. If he could do it in time, he had to go outside. Really? Yeah. Well, it was at a club and he was uh, one of the security guards. He was like the head Uh, security guard. Oh, okay. And it's like, dude, there's a showroom right behind you and you were louder than the microphone. Like, you have to go outside. (laughs) I love it. But he was a nice enough guy. He would try, but there would be times. And just be like, "Ah!" and you're like, oh my God. (laughs) Ah. Ah, it was basically that and just slap a sneeze sound effect in the middle but it was a ah, and you're like oh my god it's like a sinus problem or some shit man get that out get that out but do it outside oh that's brilliant uh, <laughs> anyway all right anyway that was 10 that's 10 yeah what's your Eight, nine nine i've got dark knight rises that's my nine as well. The Dark Knight Rises. I think we're seeing this quite clearly. <laughs> I know. I think the middle areas is where we're going to have some nice arguments. So I enjoy yeah. it. I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, listen, I like the movie. I like the movie. I'll defend the movie. I know you're hung up on the stock exchange thing. I get that. It but, does have its moments. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I think Tom Hardy's fantastic in the film. I certainly think uh, uh, Bale is good in the movie, especially in that uh, when he's in the pit. Uh, Kath, uh, Anne Hathaway's fantastic as Catwoman. Um, my arguments with the film are there are some plot holes that you just can't get past. You just can't overall get past. And you wonder, like, why would you soil this trilogy when you were so close to just, you know, kind of crossing that goal line for the touchdown? And it yeah. feels like you stumbled right at the one, man. And so it's just like well, you got there, but it wasn't pretty. Yeah, especially for a guy that you can tell overly thinks out his plots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, even... In another movie that we're going to get to, there are plot holes in it from yeah. the same series type of thing, but right. you don't mind as much because it's not it's not as glaring. It's also not as pivotal for making it work, whatever's right. happening. Right, right, right. It's Good just reason. kind of like, okay, I need a cheat in this little aspect. Okay, sure. The rest of it seems 
true to, to the story and to the character. Yeah. Uh, and this one is just, there was a, a whole bunch of like, I just don't understand. Like, why, why would this happen? Right. Um, and I still like that opening plane scene oh. is so good. It's incredible. Dude. Even seeing because we all saw the teaser yeah. that's listening to this show. You know, you did it so long as you're old enough, unless you're, you know, much, much younger. <laughs> so they're like, hey, at this showing of whatever it is, they're going to be playing eight minutes of The Dark Knight Rises. And be like, well, I'm definitely seeing this movie that I kind of like in yeah. IMAX. I'm paying the extra just so I can see this. Right. It's one of the few times where I was jazzed just like everyone else. Yeah, uh, and it paid off upon seeing it finally when you know went to the premiere, whatever. Yeah, the, it's like that was still as good. Mm-hmm. That is Im- just fl- utterly amazing. Good for you. Yeah, agreed. Just, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know what George Gordon Levitt's good in the movie, and it's yeah. just it just becomes too. It's too it becomes much. too much. Right, right, right. There's a there's maybe ten to twenty minutes you could have cut out of the movie, and. Uh, had a stronger film, certainly him flying off the bat, uh, the bat copter and or bat whatever it is, bat plane and blowing up a nuclear bomb. There's no way you get away in time. There's just no way you get away in time. I know, you know, but all that whole end sequence is is a difficult one to accept. We are now the king and his his uh, court officials mm. telling Mozart that there's too many notes. Yeah, well, true. That's true. There's too many true. notes. Which notes would you like me to take out? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's just too many. Uh, you know, he still pulled off an amazing movie and it's an amazing just, trilogy. Yes, I, I still like the movie as do you. Oh yeah, and absolutely. Mostly, I, I still find it enjoyable, and I can still walk it, watch it. The flaws in it, it just it seems so weird for Nolan when you see all the rest of his work. Yeah, and how even if there's a logical loophole here or there, he's trying to this big, huge, cohesive idea is still coming together. Right, right. Uh, and it's yeah. He's got a solid filmography. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, all right, what's your number eight? Uh, are we, I think we maybe go three for three on this. Maybe Dunkirk. Dunkirk, yes, my number eight as well. Yes. <laughs> three for three. Boom. Um, well, you might as well just keep going up your list then, man, because like one after another. Yeah, uh, could be. Much as we joked, I think it was last week's show, we're going in reverse. This week yeah. we just have, you know, <laughs> what the fans don't know is this week we were so tired, we just emailed each other each other's lists and we went ahead and pre <laughs> Yeah, right. For the first time ever, we just yeah. emailed each other's Just lists. act shocked. <gasps> <laughs> you have that in A2? Oh, my God. That's uh, a done. Exactly. We're one of the main actors, in essence. Think quality of Boondock Saints. The <laughs> worst acting from some fine actors you'll ever see. Fair, fair. <laughs> His, their friend with the long hair, the tall, ganglyish type of dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah could yeah. be could be in the running for the worst actor I've ever seen in a movie. Oof. He is he is terrible in every scene in different ways. It's pretty wow. impressive. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I don't disagree. Certainly, certainly. Although I did not like that movie from the moment I saw it. The first, I was like, nah, this is yeah. not yeah. early on. So that I'm sure didn't help. But still, I've watched it. I've gone back to watch his scenes again, specifically. Yeah. And it's like, man, this is, this is bad. <laughs> but then there are people that love it. You see that T-shirt every once and again. Somebody it, representing Boondock Saints. It got a sequel, man. Yeah, just insane. So we're in the minority, apparently, or at least yeah. in, and not so super a majority that they couldn't turn a profit. Right. In essence, I right. still think we're in the majority, but they've got enough. 
Enough people watched it. Yeah, exactly. Enough to turn. But anyway, Dunkirk. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's good. I th- we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. It's just dull. Yeah. For an event that is too interesting to be dull. I find it fascinating because a lot of people who glorify this movie, and, and once again, we're not judging your point of view. Yeah. Or your you can like analysis. what you like. Yeah. If this is number one for you, more power to you. But for me, uh, and I don't know if Matt feels this way, for me, people glorify this movie saying, see, he isn't telling you anything. He's just letting the action speak for itself and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, sure. And maybe this is a filmmaker's film and not a film viewer's film because it feels to me like we are left without a lot of the exposition. We get the mm-hmm. general gist of it because anybody who's remotely gone close to a history book understands what happened at Dunkirk. But the idea of it all is like, who do I fucking connect to? Because you keep changing out the young British guys that I'm supposed to be following. And then and then you wing it back to the main guy. And I'm like, is that the main guy or who is like it just becomes so utterly confusing. Uh, And then I mean, the cinematography is incredible. Beautiful shots are phenomenal. The cross cutting Mm -hmm. is great. The, the war aspects of it all are really realistic and the sound, the cacophony of sound throughout the movie, mm-hmm. that's probably what war actually sounds like when you're there on the ground experiencing it. However, I didn't care about anybody. And the, so if I don't care about anybody, why the fuck would yeah. this movie move me or connect with me? You know, it- that's what always killed me about the fascination with War Horse. I'm like, who who's the protagonist? The fucking horse? Like, I agree, man. Yeah. I walked out of that going, that's up for best picture? That's up for best picture. <laughs> it was fine. It's a collection sure. of vignettes stitched together by a horse running through the fucking scene every once and again. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay. Um, usually those are the types of movies that do speak to us. Like, we both love the slice of life. Yes. Yeah. But... I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, Dun- Dunkirk, you know, said it before. I mean this to be racist. I could not tell the white people apart from the white people. Yeah. So yeah. there's certain scenes where it's cutting in between, and it's just like, I'm sorry, am I the racist here? Because that dude looks exactly like that dude. <laughs> exactly like that dude. And I don't know who the fuck is who. So how, what, yeah. I can't, it is hard to follow, and I can, I speak the language. <laughs> um. And That's then it cuts to Tom Hardy just gliding yeah. over the beach. And then we cut back to action. And they cut back. And then Tom Hardy is now going the opposite direction because the sun is over his right shoulder and it was over <laughs> his left before. It's like, how far is he fucking gliding? And then, boom, Harry Styles and be like, oh, he's doing a good job. And then it cuts to another dude I don't know who it is. Yeah. And then five seconds of Kenneth Branagh. Bra- yeah, Branagh. Yeah, like, go, oh, hey, Kenneth Branagh or Rylance or. Yeah, uh, yeah, the stuff with the boat. That was the interesting. Only- that's the stuff that I like enjoy. The, yeah, the that's what Ryland I wanted. Stuff. Yeah, the Barry Keegan stuff and uh, and uh, Killian Murphy, all of them on that boat. Mm-hmm. That's the first time the film. That's the only time the film comes alive for me is, is on that boat. Yeah, everything else is just like superficial and distant. And because, oh, not superficial. I shouldn't say that, but distance, certainly distant. So I can't care about it, you know. And so mm-hmm. I, I, I get that it's a min- minimalist approach to a massive event, but. I, that makes me feel like I'm watching a doc, an outtake, outtakes of a documentary, and okay. I'm cool. I don't need to see that. I've never gone back to watch it again. Never. Um, I've seen a couple scenes. Okay. 
like specifically gone back. I wanted to see the scene, the one that I was like, I can't, literally can't tell it's when they're in the boat on the beach and it's getting shot at and the camera mm. keeps flying around. I'm like, yeah, you're like, who? Guy is this guy? Who's I, who, who Harry Styles, who I don't know who that, um, but the, I remember the trailer selling yeah. us on, we're going to follow Rylance as he's taking, he's leading the civilian fleet in essence. That's the boat right. we're going to be on. And right. we would see the action on the beach as they're getting cornered. And then the boat showing up. Uh, that's what I was anticipating. And it wasn't yeah. that that's, it's fine. You made the movie that you want to make, you know, right. Hey Mozart, I wanted this section of the song only. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do that. You know, we all do it. I do it with Tarantino. Yeah. <laughs> I do it with Tarantino and, uh, uh, Inglorious. Had you just given me the bastards, I would have walked out loving that, but that's true. That's the, true. The trailer sold me on the bastards. I was expecting the bastards. I did not get them. No, you did not get the bastards for sure. Uh, uh all right. Uh, what's your number seven? My number seven is Insomnia. Um, okay, that's my number six. All right. We're close enough. Yeah, close enough. Um, it, I think it ends up here for me because I just, of his, I don't, I've seen it a few times. I used to own it on DVD, uh, but I don't know. how. There's He's got so many other movies in his canon. Yeah. That I go back and rewatch those. Um, you know, it's the, the fault of a good filmmaker. Okay. Okay. I like it because of, it's such an unusual role for Pacino to play. Mm-hmm. And I saw the original, the one with Stellan Skarsgård, the Norwegian or Dutch one that this is based on first. Uh, I remember watching it on IFC, back, way back when IFC used to show movies, uncut. Um, and, uh, and I loved it, right? I mm-hmm. saw that and Vanishing, the French Vanishing one, before they did the remake with uh, mm-hmm. Jeff Bridges. It was horrible. But this was such an interesting film that I'd never seen before. Yeah. And the detective is even more fucked up in that version, the original version than in this version. But in this version, he's fucked up enough for American audiences, right? Shoots his partner trying to hide it. He can't understand. He doesn't understand night to day. He's corrupt. Yet you have the Hillary Swank character who's like idolizing him as a hero and what have you. And Hillary's great in the movie. And Robin Williams is the villain. And there are times with Robin Williams is the villain where I'm like, eh. And there are other times like, oh. So it's like he doesn't 100% cross that line for me where I'm 1,000% in his camp believing him as this kind of ruthless villain. But there are moments and there are scenes where he really kind of brings that out in that character that he's building. So that's why uh, it's it's six for me and not in the top five because I do have some issues with with, uh, Williams' acting. Um, uh, throughout, but I, uh, but I love Pacino on the movie. Um, yeah, echo all those sentiments. Um, it just it came down to a rewatchability. It's not a knock on the movie, just yeah. the other. And I will watch uh, Dark Knight Rises more than I will watch this. But this to me is a better movie. Uh, right. You know, it doesn't operate on the same level that Dark Knight or any superhero movie does. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it is good. It's good performance by Pacino playing a character. He does that every once. He plays the big blustering. He also plays the down on his luck or the one that's the, the world is beaten down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the hang dog character. Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't recall him yelling in this one. Uh, and maybe he does near the end, but I don't recall him yelling. in this. That one. doesn't he? He has to on some level just because he's so sleep deprived and yeah. the, the, the mania of knowing that, because isn't it also, it's a case the whole thing that sparked it is they planted some evidence in a case. Yes. And yes. then he had to cover that up, even though right. they know it's one of those, they know the guy did it, but they can't prove it without this specific piece, but everything else, yeah. 
yeah. points to, you know, this person having done it. Yeah. Uh, Um, all right. What's your six? My six. Let's see if it's your seven is uh, memento. Yes, that is my seven. Boom. (laughs) I see. And then we threw this little twist in there to make them think we didn't send the email to each other. That's how good we are. (laughs) Um, all right. I rewatched it for this. I have not seen it since I originally saw it. Oh, cool. Yeah. What do you think? It's good. Uh, at the time, the problem was the buildup leading up to it. It was handed to me with months upon months of this is the best movie I've seen in forever. Yeah. Type of thing. It was the darling of all the film festivals, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I watched it on DVD. I didn't see it in the theater. Right. Um, So it's, it's tough expectations to live up to, Mm -hmm. but going back into it in hindsight and be like, I would definitely watch this again. It's super interesting. It's a, what actually is happening at the end type of thing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he presents one, but you could extrapolate that there's other realities that are technically true. Yeah. Uh, with uh, uh, what's his name? It's just lack of memory. And uh, yeah. Um, Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce. Yeah. Pantheliano is great. Yeah. Just great as Lenny. Yeah. Uh, or no, not, he's not Lenny. Uh, Guy Pierce is Lenny. He is, because he's Tom? Leonard. He has to keep telling him. Tommy? Tom? Tommy? I think Tommy. I think so, yeah. It's not and Frank. Carrie, I think it's Tommy. I think Tommy. And then Carrie Ann Moss before yeah, Matrix. Uh, she was great. And then uh, I don't think there's anybody else we really know. Oh, uh, uh, the clerk at the front desk. He was on Sons of Anarchy. I think he was yeah. the accountant on the show type of thing. Heavy set guy. Mark Boone Jr. Yeah. Okay. So um, his his wife is Georgia Fox, who's from CSI. Oh, that's right. The first but, uh, version. Right, right. And uh, Pantoliano's Teddy. That's his name, Teddy. Teddy. There you go. Right, Teddy. Uh, um, right. Yeah, and then he keeps telling the same story about uh, Tobolowski, who plays yeah. Jenkins, whatever. And that it's like, uh, I don't want to spoil it for anybody that hasn't seen it, but those yeah. little interstitials and it cuts to the black and white, loved them every time. Yeah. yeah. It's got a nice little charm and it breaks up the... Uh, discontinuity of the movie itself yeah. as you're trying to piece together, you know, uh, it's, you know, you, you can tell there's a steady hand behind the camera. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I love the idea of, uh, Thomas Lennon being in this too, as like the doctor. Yeah. He's hilarious. Administering the test, uh, Tobolowski. Yeah. He pops up in the weirdest places sometimes that guy. So it's always fun to see him in some shit. And then Tobolowski's wife is a character actress. She's been in a bunch of different stuff. Oh, Okay. Uh, is it the redhead? Uh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, she yeah. read it. It's black and white, but it looks like it's brunette. But she, I, in my head, I visualize her as brunette. I, I, I remember, wasn't she uh, Fraser's agent? I think she was Fraser's agent on the show. Okay, I haven't gone that deep. I tried to get Catherine to, do, to start watching Fraser, and she wasn't really a fan. Uh, I think it was that that I saw. Okay, her. she's definitely worked quite a bit. Yeah, she TV, is Fraser's baby yeah, glazer. Baby glazer. TV yeah. sounds right. Uh, I remember her. <laughs> let's see who else. She was the best. Uh, I don't think there's uh, much. Of, I'm looking at the cast list now. There's not much of anybody else in it. Well, I mean, it's um, a small cast. It is. It is. There's it only, is. I think, only one other character with a real speaking part. Right. Or no, right. two. Then there's the prostitute that he invites over. Yeah. Oh, and then Dodd. So that dude too. But right. that dude I've never seen again. Yeah. 
Interesting. 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 Yeah. 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 I, but it was, I, it was, it was good. I wish I had seen it without all the build up and expectations. Yeah. I think the thing that it's why it's seven on my list is because, well, it, all those other films that are coming up, I just think they're better. Um, but also this still has that, uh, student film occasionally occasional vibe to it. And so, cause this is film right after following. So this is first like big film. Yeah. Uh, but you can tell there are still some, um, how can I say this instincts to go student film with some of the stuff. And so it keeps it from me from being this like, Whoa, awesome. Like, and I know a lot of people think it's groundbreaking or what have you. Um, and I respect that, but for me, it's, it's this, that there's just too many of these, uh, uh, student film instincts that you can see that he's still working out to get rid mm-hmm. of. And then uh, his next movie really kind of does it. So uh, I think this one, that's what kind of dings this one a little bit for me, but it's still yeah. a fantastic film to watch and some great performances overall from everybody in the film for sure. Well, there we go. I think that's a, that's our bottom fives right there. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, why don't we take a quick break and hear this word from our sponsor? Well, all right. Hey, <laughs> there we go um we 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 commiserated it uh about our top fives and uh put them yeah. together yeah try and rejigger our list a little bit throw yeah. you guys off it's the best with you guys all right uh this is yeah i i i think this is where the what goes where is yeah. the bigger question so five for me is inception wow that's a punt okay woof all right here we go all right. Um, my five is uh, Batman Begins. Okay, that's my four. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. I, I, look, I, I came. I went back to rewatch this one again, and I enjoyed it. It's certainly a good origin movie. It mm-hmm. does at times feel just a little bit dated. At certain scenes feel just a little bit dated, but overall, it's great to see this kind of origin story for the Batman worked out the way it is in this movie. Yeah. I don't think we ever need to see another origin story, or at least uh, no. you know another twenty years. We don't need to see another origin story for the Batman nope. for twenty years. Uh, and so we get this. The way they do it here works really, really well. The shot of him, uh, you know, with his parents and all of that. The the vibe from year one is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, him trying to work out how to be a, a crime fighter is there. Alfred is great. Michael Caine, Katie Holmes is okay. I think Katie Holmes kind of drags the picture down right. a little bit. Because I don't think she's at that level that everyone else is operating at, um, and it may be no fault of her own. It's not a well-written character. So, yeah. uh, but overall, but the, the stuff with Liam Neeson is incredible. Um, I love that. Uh, is it uh, Ken Watanabe is in there for just a little yep. bit, um, and then everything that goes forward through the through the film. Uh, I like his progression, and then he has to confront uh, the person who had been his friend, and he thought had helped him build this uh, part of himself up to realize that that person wanted to use him to destroy the city he wanted to save uh, was, uh, you know, a tough, a tough pill to swallow. And um, yeah. What do you say? I, there are aspects of the origin story I think are perfectly fine in this instance. Mm-hmm. And I love seeing him kind of learn to fight with Ra's al Ghul. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. On yeah. the ice. It's a cool little scene to have. And a variation on how he got to be who he is yeah, and one we haven't really seen on film. So I was cool uh, with that. And it's got, I, I love the fact that in the first movie, it's Scarecrow and Ra's al Ghul as the villains. Yes. Yeah. Simple. Instead of going to a crutch of Joker to start. 
Yep. Uh, you know, save save the best for the middle. That's what Which, everybody does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I say that half jokingly because I can't even think of another movie series. Well, I guess Spider Man Two. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I could. I I'd be happy if I never saw another Spider Man without a Green Goblin or a Hobgoblin. Oh, at too, this man. point, I've never enjoyed the Green Goblin as a villain nah. anyway. So the fact that they keep wanting to add him just drives me insane, man. I just know. absolutely insane because I just there's never been a good version in my yeah. opinion. I know Willem. People love the Willem Dafoe. It was too cheesy, and then yeah. James Franco was even cheesier when he was playing it. And uh, Dane DeHaan, I don't think added any kind of element of menace nope. to the role at all. I love that they took a chance with Electro. Right. Whatever the fuck his name is. It, right, they Electro, took a chance. Yeah. 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 And I, I appreciate that. And the Sinister Six to come, super interesting. Now that we've seen yeah. Vulture. Yep. If they uh, make it all the way to the end, it'll be very, very interesting. It'll be awesome. Yeah. It'll be awesome. And I am looking forward to that. And you got my money again. Congratulations, Sony Marvel. <laughs> if they do it, I'm already kind of like, they could still pull this off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Batman, it's got the best rogues gallery. Yeah, it's unbeatable. It's, it's unbeatable. unbeatable. It's the best. Because yeah. I would love to see standalone movies with tons of different villains from his world, even some of the more obscure ones, just because you've seen it in the animated or whatever the case is, and you're like, there's some real potential with an interesting movie uh, with that going forward. Right. Um, you know, funnily, funnily enough, The Flash is, is in number two spot, in my opinion. His rogues gallery is uniquely okay. interesting i like i his. never really read his gorilla grod uh who's the guy the guy that shoots the fro the frozen guy him captain boomerang those are all part of flash they're interesting guy uh villains so yeah i like that. i know him once you name him but i never read batman i read the living shit out of and the yeah. rest of dc i didn't read i read marvel pretty much exclusively beyond batman batman's untouchable dude batman's untouchable. yeah He's my all time. It was my favorite. It's the one I look forward to the most. Still do. Yep. If I was going to get back into it, I get back into Batman uh, comic books first. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Agreed. Uh, and Batman um, Begins. It's it's tough because you now have like what kind of movie we're going to get when it's coming out? Is it going to be the cheesy mid nineties crap that we just got uh, inundated with? Right. Um, or is it going to be something like oh, it's going to be closer to Batman, Tim Burton's Batman? Right. And right. it was a nice unique standalone version in and of itself. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, yeah, it's good <laughs> for rewatchability. Like it's in my top three, but I was like, I already have another one in there. So might as well bump down a tiny little bit. That's why I ended up at four. Right on. But all right. So what do you got next? I, I got to use the restroom real quick. You want to take this one? Uh, sure. Uh, want to vamp for a little bit? I will vamp. Vamp right, it right up. Back. Enjoy your restroom break. Um, and he is officially, Dropped out. How are we, everybody out there listening? Uh, oh, you know what? Tomorrow, settle the score drops. So uh, check that out. Search for it anywhere you get podcasts. Uh, it is a basically it's name that tune for um, scores and soundtracks to do with movies and got people on uh, have guests on every week. Uh, if we got everything recorded and you're hearing this tomorrow, then it's Riley versus Andreco on the first show. So there you go. Tune into that. Andy Merriweather is on the, the keys doing the tunes. And uh, it should be a lot of fun. We're looking forward to it. we got a bunch of them uh, booked. And we hope you enjoy it. And as for sports, well, as of right now, the NBA is back. The NHL did not take any time off. I'm sure Major League Baseball will be back sometime soon. Um, so that's where we're at. You can obviously tell which day we're recording on when we do this. 
for those of you that saw Tenet, what'd you think? Was it good? The one person I saw, the guy, uh, the friend overseas, um, he liked it. I would say if it's right now, low 80s, if I had on Rotten Tomatoes, I would guess his sensibility of the movie is somewhere in that ballpark, maybe upper 70s, maybe mid 80s. I don't know. But the way he was talking about it, uh, thankfully, he didn't spoil it too much. I want to see it. I just I'm not driving to Vegas to go watch a movie. Although I drive to Vegas for summer league. Uh, I drive there and back in a day and just go watch four or five games as many games as I can. Although now it's too popular. Uh, who knows going forward, maybe next summer with COVID uh, still lingering, people won't uh, want to go. Vegas will be like it was seven, eight, nine years ago. Uh, but yeah, the rest of the world, like how's it, what's it like to be able to live your life again? I don't know. Uh, I am at home most days and have been for a long time, man. I would kill to go to that drive-in. New Mutants, though. I don't know anything about it. It's it, Long-time listeners know I don't really watch trailers. Sometimes if I'm really amped about a specific thing, I will watch it once just so I see what the progress is like and what I can anticipate. But I try not to. I want to go in with completely fresh and unaltered uh, expectations as best I can. Um, now, if a movie is kind of 50-50 for me anyway, I will look up and just see what the Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes and what the scores are averaging out to be. Um, if I'm going to like... Oh, I'm going to see three movies this weekend. Try and try and type a thing. It's a good weekend. You just, eh, divide up your time properly, or order accordingly. Type of thing. There you go. Uh, just talking about. I, I, you know, can't wait to go back to movies. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, when we ever get there, but and like uh, maybe COVID helps with summer league next year. Not as big a crowd, and so that's my hope. <laughs> uh, Have you been playing anywhere? Have you gone to shoot or anything? Yeah, I've been getting shots up, but it's... Are people forced... playing? No one's playing. You're just shooting. No, nah, I'm just shooting. Okay. Uh, a buddy wants to like meet up and play 21 or something like that. Okay. A buddy you trust? Yeah, but we'll both have masks on and we're using our own balls type of thing. Hello. What uh, masks are you using to play? Oh, just... I bought some... Like the Under Armour uh, ones, or oh, yo, those Adidas ones, right on. It's yeah, just yeah, like yeah. a moisture wicking. Yeah, this is my everyday mask. It was a three pack, right. uh, and I got them a long time ago. And I just wash them every few days, and That's I just smart. use those. But uh, it'll be hot. I'm not looking forward to it. I, when I get shots up, I don't wear a mask. It, the court's empty. Right, right, of course. And it's right. outdoors, so it doesn't uh, matter. But right. I, I know a place that has um, eight courts Ooh. right next to each other. And nobody's using them, All so right. I drive over there. Yeah, okay. uh, there's been one person there three times of the, like nine or ten that I've been, but it's set, it's subdivided into four courts here and four courts over here. They're completely separated by fence and all that. And that dude has his own four courts over there, and I've got my own four. Right, okay. uh, it's not bad, but it's boring as shit. So of course it is, just shooting the ball. Yeah, boring. well, I'm I'm running from like diagonally from basket to basket, oh, shooting a okay. couple shots, and then running over, and then stopping to shoot free throws, and then trying to work on like dribbling drills as I'm running through uh, this right. time I'm going left or I'm going to try and work on uh, d- this move and I'll just do it every time I complete the diagonal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, type of dude. It's, it's stuff that I used to do by myself when I was nine years old, like all the little drills. Cause you just yeah. want to play. You're outside. Right? I'm doing the same thing. I need to get out and do something. So yeah. Yeah. I need to work out. Uh, but it, so 21 to me sounds like magic. Let's let's go <laughs> 21 or a horse rather horse is probably, Sorry, that's what I was thinking of when I was saying we have our own balls. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, 21, we have to play against one another. But 
Right. I also said, if we do something like that, we need to sanitize up our hands and try and limit our contact. Totally. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm further away from that horse I'm willing to play or trying to figure out some other shooting game or. Right. Uh, but yeah, I'll continue to go get shots up on myself. What can you That's do? Good. That's good. What can you do? It's too hot to run. Yeah. Oh, God, it's too hot. And mm. as dull as I find playing shooting by myself, I find running even more dull. Yeah. Um, all right, where do we leave off at, brother? Uh, did we do your four? No. No. We did your four. Yeah, right? Batman Begins. All right, so then my four is Interstellar. Okay, that's a, that's a punt, slight punt, but a punt. Okay, I'll do this. What's your three? Uh, oh, my, th- yeah. my three is uh, The Prestige. That's my three, The Prestige. Okay. The so Prestige, we have- yeah. Um, you know, it, two magician movies coming out. You can only choose one. Yeah. It's two uh, asteroid movies coming out. There's <laughs> two volcano movies. Those make sense on some level coming right. out. Two magician storylines with big actors. Yeah. Was, that was strange. But this is by far the superior of the two. Oh, yeah. By far. Uh, I love the Teslas in it for no reason, really. Just to show off. Just, Just And it's David Bowie, and Bowie is great. Uh, and it's the technology by which Hugh Jackman manages to help pull off his trick. Yeah. Uh, but it's a, that nice little twist when you find out what the trick is. Now it creates a completely different level of terror and then the psychological discussion in your head of, okay, well, what is the true thing? I don't yeah. want to spoil for anybody that hasn't seen Prestige. Um, and then would you make that same choice that the character makes, yeah. you know? It's like, wow, that's that's a hell of a thing. Really? Just to pull off the trick? You love magic that fucking much? Well, the thing is, um, initially you think it's going to have this... You're going to find out that it doesn't have this otherworldly aspect to it, yes. too. And then it does. It, it does have and, a different otherly worldly right, aspect. Right. It's, but it's an otherworldly aspect that you don't anticipate. Mm-mm. And when it shows up, you're like, oh my god. God, uh, it's yeah. the perfect kind of otherworldly aspect that makes sense uh, for what they're trying to do with this in the context of the world they've created. Yeah. Uh, and then when you find the twist on the other one, you're like, oh, well, that's actually damn good. Um, and uh, and the thing is, what's great about the film is, dude, you vacillate in allegiance between Jackman and Bale. You know, you're either on one side or the other, depending on the situation. Mm-hmm. Scarlett Johansson's in the mix on this one, too, going one side or the other. Uh, Michael Caine's pretty cool in the movie as well. And um, I think this is some of the best acting Jackman's ever done. Um, and okay. in my mind, in my mind, I was thinking about it today, actually, as I was building a list, Matt. I was like, I really enjoy him in that movie so much. There's mm-hmm. another timeline where Nolan directed a trilogy of Wolverine films from sure. the beginning. Right. That I mean, a, a Wolverine trilogy directed by Christopher Nolan would have been off the charts. Incredible. Really explored the Project X situation, the mutant X stuff, maybe the X-23 mm-hmm. by the end. But all of everything we see from Wolverine through this particular iteration we have now to have seen it in Nolan's hands. Whoo, man, yeah. I think we've gotten a masterpiece of a trilogy uh, with him. Quite possibly. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's 
really good performances all around. And they, Tom Hardy basically establishing himself as Tom Hardy. Yeah, right. Good point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, after that, he gets he starts popping up, and I mean more Nolans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but popping up in other stuff, and went from I don't know who this dude is to man, he is good in everything I think I've seen him in. Even if I don't like the project, he's good in it. Yeah. Uh, so that announcement with Michael Caine, a young Scarlett Johansson, managed to make a movie about magic really be kind of a discussion on what are you willing to sacrifice in order to achieve the dream that you have for yourself. Right. How far are you really willing exactly. to go? Yeah. What, what certain characters are willing to do cement their legacy to give their life purpose. Yeah. I guess. It's a hell of a question in a fucking movie about magicians. Yeah. <laughs> <Coming back to laughs> that's, that's why it's so much better than the Ed Norton Giamatti. Fine actors. Oh, yeah. Fine. Yeah, and yeah. Jessica Beale, it's it's not a bad movie. Right. But it's like, well, this one has equally as good actors. Right. And uh, ultimately asks a very interesting question. I think it's a deeper story. It's a deeper True. story than prestige. I think you connect more with Hugh Jackman than you do with Ed Norton. Yes, agreed. Well, and that's always been true about Ed Norton. Ed Norton yeah. always has a distance between any of his characters that he plays. So yeah. He's not a he's not a warm and fuzzy guy that you necessarily connect to. No. No matter what role he's in. Yeah, you can just tell that he feels like he's superior than everybody oh, else yeah. around him at all times. That used to be his thing, man. He would get assigned mm-hmm. a movie or he would choose a movie, then he'd go in and rewrite the script. That's <laughs> like so Fuck you. And then eventually studios like, fuck you. And directors and writers like, fuck you. And yeah. he was well begging for scraps off a Jason Bourne plate to keep working, for God's sakes. And if Wes Anderson had come along, we'd have seen even less of Edward Norton, I guarantee it. Did you see, what is it, Motherless Brooklyn? No, I did not see that movie. Neither did, did you I. like it? No, I didn't see it. Oh, okay, I thought okay. about it. It looked... It looked like it was either going to be surprisingly good or just a slog to get through to me. Well, I think that was the review. Some reviews were like, great film. Other reviews were like, pretentious piece of crap for it. So I haven't seen it yet, though. So I don't know which which side I go. Neither do I. But I thought maybe that's him kind of climbing his way back because he's got all the talent in the world. Certainly does. Certainly does. But yeah, humility. A little humility is good for everybody, man. Yeah. Um, All right. Where are we at? Uh, that was uh, both of our three. Okay. Okay. So my two is the punt from your three, four. What is Interstellar? It? Yeah. Yeah. Interstellar. Um, oh, you love that movie, man. I do. And it's just the rewatchability. Once we get basically get into space in the movie, that's where yeah. I start the movie now. And, oh, really? Uh, you just, just disregard yep. all that opening and get right to yep. space. Right to space. <laughs> I get to him figuring out the code. Yeah. When it comes in and then going to NASA or JPL or whatever it is. Yeah. And then Michael Caine's there and you find out that they have a history because he's a former pilot type of thing. Right. And then it's just like this, this shot there. That's when the movie really picks up. I understand the the first part you need on some to give proper motivation to why someone would make these choices and try and do this. The last gasp of trying you know, save an entire race of people, et cetera, et cetera, right. et cetera. Right. It gives more connection as opposed to just starting in space. Mm-hmm. So I think the movie needs it. Uh, but now when I go back and rewatch, I am fascinated by all that. And I wish it would just kind of keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, I can watch that over and over and over. Like that will never end for me. That's why it's at two. Yes. I fast forward through a big chunk of it, but the other part of it is I find 
endlessly rewatchable. Right. And one of the reasons you fast forward through it is because you you know what's going to happen. Yes. What you want to get to is the is the um, emotional weight of the movie, which is that whole thing in space. And you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right, man. I mean, I was rewatching some scenes from it the other day, and that sequence of the ship with that massive space fire coming. The black I mean, hole. Yeah, the black hole. Just that yeah, shot, Matt. I, I was like, I paused it because I was just flabbergasted at the vision to create something like that and put it up on the screen. The I believe it's the animators, but published a, a, a in a mathematical journal about mm. all the stuff that they had to put into to render that little wormhole or whatever it was when wow. that helps them leap through time. Yeah. Leap, yeah. leap, you know, through space time rather. Right. Uh, and they were saying like the black hole, they didn't even use the full calculations because it looked too unreal. And that would have been more realistic as to what our expectation of potentially what it looks like is wow. you're like, okay. Yeah. But it's the emotional connections when he, when McConaughey's character gets, the messages from his kids oh, and he yeah. starts to cry. Dear God, I felt it. And then yeah. I don't have kids and you could feel like that loss of, I did all of this for you. And now you've given up on me because you think that I'm dead, but I'm not dead. I'm out here. It was only two hours for me. Yeah. And it yeah. was 35 years or whatever the case is for you. Right. When they come back to the ship and that dude is now got a gray beard. I love that. The D- I David, David, yellow. I think it is, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and it helps explain, like, it gives people an understanding of how gravity has an effect on time. Yeah. <laughs> and it's getting all these really complex ideas across in palatable ways and tying it into the emotional connection that we can all identify with. That's right. why, I like, the, the people that say that it's too much or it drones on, like, I, I get it if you're not bought into the emotional aspect of it. But I also, once again, Take my advice. If you've yeah. ever seen the movie once, when you go back to rewatch it, just skip yeah. over what you know is we fucked up Earth pretty bad. We are screwed. We're bad people. We're bad people. We all know that. 2020 <laughs> bitches that taught us that. <laughs> it's either us or, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's nature. It's what, <laughs> or it's one or the other, but everything sucks. <laughs> Not surprised that, uh, you know, we did this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's why it's my two. Yeah, I totally respect that. Oh, Yellow O is the principal. That's my bad. Sorry, guys. David Gayassi is the guy in the, okay. is the astronaut in the in the in the uh, uh, ship. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Sorry the orbiting that. around when they go down to that planet to check the transponder from whatever scientist landed on there. That yeah. that water, That's the me. tsunami wave planet. Tsunami. I love the way they land. I mean, when they step out, you're just like, oh, this feels like. This feels both familiar and otherworldly at the same time, right? Yeah. It's an g- unsettling situation. And the Damon twist is genius, absolute genius, man. I love it when it happens. Perfectly against type. Yep, yep. Um, all right, so that's your number, what, two? That's my deuce. Okay, so my two is uh, Inception, which is the punt from earlier. What was your number? Six? Five. Five, five. five, five. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, we just watched it again for the cinephiles. It's just, mm-hmm. a, for me, one of these films that is like an addictive film because it's a constant mind fuck throughout the whole movie. Just constant, like, what is real, what isn't real, what is being brought mm-hmm. out. And also people are like, oh, these villains become nameless and you get so many of them. But that's not the point of the movie. The villains are not the point of the movie. The point of the movie is, can he pull this off? And is this even real? And so mm-hmm. I remember uh, watching it again this time around for the show, and I just thought to myself – 
this is so good, man, because I don't think, and I've kind of come to this conclusion now fully, and who knows, it could probably change next year, but I've come to this conclusion that none of the nothing, none of the events of the film ever happened, that it's all in his mind from the beginning, and that it's all a dream from the beginning. And that makes it even more interesting to explore about what details of the characters uh, that are uh, seen and not seen, uh, how much time he spends with one character, why he chooses this character to be like uh, a, a, a um, uh, to be a mentor to. And you have someone like J- Joseph Gordon-Levitt who just keeps taking shit from him the whole time mm-hmm. and never seems to be seen as that kind of person that they want, that he wants to elevate into that position. He's almost like the star scream to his. Uh, uh, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Megatron. Yes, Megatron. Right. He's almost a because he's always yelling at him. Yeah, let me down again, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And this is, yeah. it always feels that way throughout. But yet he's all like patient and understanding with uh, with uh, Ellen Page. And so, to me, overall, I just I, I thoroughly um, enjoy that in the movie, and I like mm-hmm. the emotional stuff. And Tom Hardy's great in the movie, and I and I love the kind of like way they're playing with time. And the, and the Marianne Cotillard stuff is both heartbreaking and uh, um, scary as hell. Uh, and so I enjoy all of that throughout as you as you're watching it, and the way he's trying to put that idea in there, and the stuff mm-hmm. with Watanabe. It's just just fantastic stuff, man. I, I just enjoy watching it over and over and over again. Uh, yeah, the the to me, like top two were cemented, mm. but then the three after that, it's like I can, you know, in in ten years, what if I've now watched Inception? I've gone back for that more than I have uh, Prestige or yeah. Batman Begins or whatnot. But I know that at this point, that's not the case, right? Uh, yeah, but what's really impressive about Inception is he brings a complex unique idea to life in yep. palatable ways yes. so by creating real sets like the spinning hallway type of thing so you have you have that mixed in with the cgi warping mm-hmm. um but because there are practical effects mixed in with these massive cgi set pieces i think it helps sell the cgi later on yeah uh yeah you just there's a lot of confidence in Chris Nolan's movies. I think it came up on a topic thunder with someone said, you know, I'm not much of a fanboy, and it seems like there's a cult around him. Um, and when we talked about Dunkirk a couple of weeks ago, we both agreed that there's a confidence, even if I don't enjoy potentially the outcome, there's yeah. a confidence in, in a sure hand behind these decisions. Yeah. And that's impressive at the scale we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, I don't disagree. There you solid go. two. Yeah. Solid two. All right. And our number one, is the standard number is the standard. It was Christopher. Didn't have to think about it. It it makes a lot of number one lists. Um, I I tried to fight against it. I tried to fight against it, Matt, but in the end, it just, I just can't. Do you think ultimately it'll chap his ass? If dark Knight is considered his best film. I, 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 it's a good question, Matt. I, he doesn't, he doesn't seem the type. He seems like he's proud of his work. Oh, he's proud of his work. All right. Yes. Uh, but I also think that you're right. I think he is in the back of his mind endeavoring to make a film that people will revere more than The Dark Knight. Yeah. And there are people out there who revere Interstellar. Yes. Or Inception. Or in- even. I think Inception might be the more common. Uh, yeah, as uh, and I even saw a list uh, the other day from uh, one of these British uh, film sites that has uh, Prestige as number one. So they put the, so there are 
some reputable sites or, or film critics who put other films above the Dark Knight. But for the most part, across yeah. the board, uh, a majority of people feel like the Dark Knight is his best film. So I think it's I think he endeavors to mm-hmm. finally put that to rest and make a film that is better exactly. than the Dark Knight universally acknowledged. But yeah, he wants we'll to. See. We'll see. He wants to be Kubrick. He wants to be Hitchcock. He wants to be Scorsese. Hmm. So I think he's, he, I think he absolutely is a a, a Kubrick. Uh, he's not as yeah, dark as Kubrick, no. but he's a Kubrick. Yeah. But you, you can tell the same amount of mental mm-hmm. detail went into it, just like Kubrick. Yeah, uh, thoroughly agree. Thoroughly. Yeah, even if you don't like the you know the movie's not your cup of tea, or it's like yeah. it's fine type of you know. Uh, Two thousand and one, you love. I, I it it loses me, but you can still tell. The, all these choices were made with genuine purpose. Yeah, yeah. And now it is lost on me, but I still can recognize he didn't just throw this in because he wanted to pad the movie type of right. shit and right. was out of ideas. That's not Kubrick. Right. Uh, so it just doesn't speak to me, but it's just like, it's still an impressive uh, film. I really agree. So that someone like Scorsese saying that, uh, you know, superhero movies aren't cinema. <sighs> and then fucking Nolan's over there going, I... <laughs> hey. It's like Paul uh 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 fucking Pee Wee uh Herman yeah, Paul, Paul Rubens rather and Buffy when he gets staked he's like hey hey God starts kicking the wall hey that's one of my favorite scenes it's such good acting and that bad acting God but it's like how Nolan feels in his heart God have you seen uh, what we do in the shadows yet? Uh, I rewatched the movie. Okay, so you haven't seen nowhere, the series, but I have not seen the series. Okay, in the series, there is a episode, I think in the first season, I think it's around seven, where they actually bring back all these vampires from different properties, okay. and Paul Rubens comes back as a vampire, Tilda Swinton, Evan Rachel okay. Wood, even Wesley Snipes as Blade shows up. Which I'm I was blown away by Luis Guzman, so it's oh, I mean sorry Danny Trejo not Luis Guzman Danny Trejo so like so all these and, and the three guys from what we do in the shadows uh, Taika Waititi and all that so and Jermaine Clement and Jermaine Clement yeah yeah John, I don't know and, and and so they all come back uh, for this one uh, uh, scene and Dave Batista is in that episode as well so it's just like it's a it's you got to watch the show man I mean give it a chance if you if you if you like the movie it's it's the show's exceptional. But Paul okay. Rubens is there, and I forgot that he was in Buffy. So it was like yeah. funny to it's remember that that long ago. Him and Rutger Hauer. That, right, that Hauer. Be, yeah, rather excellently cast. Donald Sutherland plays the the Obi-Wan wise older that teaches Buffy what to do. Right, right. Uh, that movie works surprise, still. I haven't seen him probably, I don't know, it's been a while, but I, I'm playing it in my head. I'm like, still works. Yeah. Still works. I would watch that right now if it were on. Is Christy Swanson the lead in that? Yep. Or am I, who am I going to, or Sarah Michelle Geller? Nope, it's Christy Swanson. It is Christy Swanson. Okay. Um, I think Brecken Meyer might be in that. Oh, Brecken. And then <laughs> after that, it's a bunch of those random, oh, you got a lot of work in teen movies around that time. Right. right. I think. She, she went off the deep end, right? Christy Swanson. Yeah, she went off the deep end. I don't know what happened. She had a, she had a moment and then. Yeah. I did. don't have the slightest clue why she's not around anymore. Yeah. She's around. She's just 
think well, yeah. shit on Twitter. Not working to the degree that you kind of would have assumed at that time. Right, 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 right. Because uh, she was, she's good in the movie. Yeah, she is. And she's certainly gorgeous. Still beautiful as hell. Um, all right. Uh, where are we at, man? Where are we at? Where are we at? Is that it? That's our, that's our separate lists. So uh, we're going to combine these things together and have a, uh, have a, an official top 10 list of Christopher Nolan movies. Let me uh, get the uh, bongos. Still enduring. Okay. So Dark Knight is one. We both have Prestige three. Yeah. And then it's what Interstellar two four or an Inception at two five. Well, obviously Interstellar seems to go up if it's two four versus two five, right? Okay. Yeah. All right. So then it would Interstellar go Inception, The Prestige, Batman Begins. Yes, sounds about right. And it's a question of insomnia or memento. It's six and seven because everything else is the exact same. Well, I have to flip, I guess, man. Bring out that coin. Bring out that weighted coin, Nost. Got it right here. All right. If I can open the little pouch. Thank you to Matthew Hasso for getting us this coin all those years ago. Well, getting you. Two sides, soups, Batman. <laughs> yes. Flipping. All right. What do you got? Insomnia it is. So that's yours? Oh, of course. Mine? Nice. All right. Well, for once, I got one. I will say that it has seemed very much like it's been going my way a little bit more often lately. But Oh, oh my God. Someone record time. that. Someone record that and put it up there. He finally admitted that it's a weighted coin. I appreciate uh, it. I'm saying, as of late, the statistical odds have been against you, but now yes. they should swing back in your general oh, direction. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I, I won't. You'll excuse me if I don't hold my breath. For that well, I mean, if that's the case, then craps wouldn't be a good game. Uh, a roulette would not be a good game, you know? True, true. Yeah, the, the variability. Put it all on black. Never always been on black. Uh, uh, yeah, let's do it. All right. The top 10 Christopher Nolan movies. Yeah. At number 10. Following. At number nine. The Dark Knight Rises. At number eight. Dunkirk. At number seven. Momento. At number six. Insomnia. At number five. Batman Begins. At number four. The Prestige. At number three. Inception. At number two. Interstellar. And our number one Christopher Nolan movie is The Dark Knight. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun. Uh, well, that was a good show for those of you um, that have seen Tenet let us know yeah at Matt knows that the Roka says at top 10 show I'd love to hear see what the early uh, you know try not to spoil anything but yeah. general consensus I thought it was Nolan ish uh, it was good I enjoyed it <laughs> I recommend it I don't know what whatever you want to say or now nah, I got confused okay fair enough it's an easy thing to happen in a Nolan film you mess with my head man not cool yeah but uh, but please let us know um, over there. Uh, if you want to join us over at patreon.com forward slash the top 10 with the number 10, uh, please do so over there. We've got all kinds of different stuff for you. And uh, if you'd like to check out uh, Dropping Dimes or uh, Settle the Score, just hit me up on uh, Twitter or find those anywhere. You get a podcast. And that is it for me. 
All right, you can follow me at the Roca says on Twitter and on Instagram. And like always, I tell you to go head on over to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash John Roca says and see all the content I got there. Politics, professional wrestling, sports, movies, and TV reviews and all that kind of jazz. So please head on over there uh, and uh, enjoy that. Uh, what's up, man? Oh, uh, if you want to pick up a mask, we yes, have that uh, in the description of this show. It's over at Teespring, T-W-E-Spring.com. Um, you can search for the top 10 and win masks. Um, but otherwise, just we have it here. We'll have it on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, anywhere you get a podcast, the link will be in the descriptions for all the di- different shows and on our social media. Um, so just check it out if you want to get a mask and stay safe out there. And that's it. That's all I want. There you go. All right. There you go. All right. Well, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. If you're listening to us, we do have a YouTube channel. You may not know that. You can go over and watch us uh, do Topic Thunder. Watch us do Golden Ticket. Watch us do this show over there on the Top 10 uh, YouTube channel as well. All right. That's it from us. Much love to all of you. Uh, we'll talk to you next time on the Top 10 Show. Ooh.